This is the More Than Work podcast, where we talk all about how to gain more satisfaction in your job. It's possible to enjoy your life and your work, because business is personal. Hey, More Than Workers. Welcome to the uh, More Than Work podcast brought to you by PeopleCentric. Now, today we have an interesting topic for you. And the reason why I, uh, Matt Griswold, am starting this is because this is a positive thing, right? Because Don can't join us. Right now, I think he might pop in, but our team is expanding, right? We are we are about to add our fifth person, which for some of you that know us know us well, we've been a team of four covering the country for quite some time now, uh, and we are super excited to be able to add our fifth person. So the next podcast, if you're listening to, the, to these in chronological order, will be our first podcast with our fifth person there. Her name is Mary. I don't even want to ruin the surprise, but Mary, we are super excited to, for, for Mary to join us. In just a few days, and Don, small business, this hashtag small business is on the phone trying to set up Mary's computer. Couldn't just, uh, you know, shuffle that off to our HR department or our IT department because we do all of the different things there. So Don might join us soon. So uh, we wanted to go ahead and jump on here and, and bring this topic to us. And this, this topic idea actually came to us from Diana, and I'm not sure what she's trying to say by this, but she just floated the topic out about what happens uh, whenever I just don't like my coworker? Now, she didn't mention it by name. We can get into that, right? She didn't, didn't get into that by name, but this, I think it's going to be a super relatable topic for many different reasons. Are you working in a situation right now? Maybe you're an employee at, at an organization that goes to work every day and you're pretty satisfied with the job, but you're not satisfied with so-and-so or so-and-so is a thorn in my side or so-and-so is not as productive as I am or so-and-so is just mean or you know whatever you want to assign it. Or maybe you're a manager that's going, oh man, like I kind of like managing people, but these two people just don't seem to be able to get along. I had a, an example recently and we were sharing these examples before we came on. An example recently from a major manufacturer and the line manager said, I just had two employees recently that were bickering on the line. And he said, I had to take care of it. That's kind of all he said. And so I asked the next question, like, man, why do we have to take care of those types of things? Like, let's start walking down that path. And he said, because it was, I can't have two people bickering on the line, you know, especially manufacturing. If you're familiar with the pace of what that looks like, just because you're stopping to argue about something does not mean that the product is stopping from coming down the line. There's, we have to be able to uh, be efficient with that. And so, you know, production suffers, efficiency suffers, not to mention other people are watching, like it's just detrimental. So he had to remove them from the line. And as we get talking into this, it struck me that there's a lot of managerial style involved here. So if you're a manager listening, a business owner listening, there's two ways to look at a topic like this. There's, there's the old school mentality, like just be an adult and go to work. And we'll talk about that and maybe why that doesn't work. And then there's also maybe these cooler hands-off managers that are like, you know what, just do your best to avoid it. Find your happy place. Just drink your coffee. Don't even worry about that person and just keep going to work. So Maybe somewhere in between there is the right answer of how to approach that, but that's the topic that we wanted to bring to you today. So let's start uh, here. And Diana, I see that you unmuted already. Did you want to add something first? I did. Well, I just wanted to say that like, I have lots of experience figuring out how to deal with coworkers you don't like. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I have a whole list of like how to survive Matt. Wow. We're so using Google now. now. Could have said Pat. We're going to hand it over to Diana. <laughs> Say it again, Bethany. I didn't hear you. Oh, I just said, so now we're going to hand the podcast over to Diana, and we'll just let yeah. you take it from here. 
right. Take it, away. It. Take it away, Diana. Now, I know that she's kidding. Everybody, she's I'm kidding. kidding. Uh, yeah, she really does uh, love working with me. Now, I, I do recognize that I can be a handful sometimes, <laughs> uh, sometimes too, but you know, can't we all? So here's my first question. Here's my first question that I have for you, though. Like as an employee, maybe these employees are driving to work right now and maybe they're trying to find their happy place to gear up because they're about to go to work with somebody that they just don't seem. And, you know, it doesn't mean that you you openly fight like you're openly bickering, but gosh, they just rub you the wrong way. Here's the first question that I'm going to throw out to you all here. Like, is it a prerequisite that I actually do have to like my coworker? No. Why not? Like this is, you know, for some people it's, you know, for some managers, it's like, listen, we all have to be able to, you know, get along. Uh, we have to, we have to like each other in order to be productive. I don't necessarily think that's true, but where's the middle ground there or what's the reality of a statement like that? You know, I always tell people that when I was teaching, when I was a teacher many years ago, people were like, oh my gosh, you must love kids. And I'd be like, I love some kids. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't universally blanketly love all children. Like some children suck. They're not fun. And some of them are super fun. And I think that when we talk about adults, like everyone's like, oh yeah, that person's not my cup of tea. And it totally makes sense. So I don't understand why there's this sentiment out there that maybe you have to like all of your coworkers. They're just people. And maybe you just don't like some of them. And I think that's kind of a freeing expression of just like, I don't like all of you. And that I don't have to. I think there are boundaries that you have to draw, but like the expectation of, I'm going to like everyone I work with and any job that I go to is really high and probably not going to happen. Yeah. You know, we're, we're all people with different personalities too, right? Like we ebb and we flow. So I think generally all four of us, and uh, we know Mary really well. I haven't, I, I, I think I'm going to like working with her. We were pretty cool before. I hope we stay cool. Right. Like we're pretty, <laughs> we're pretty cool, but but we ebb and we flow like certain circumstances or some of those other things too, like, you know, that had an opportunity to take a group through a leadership development course on the communication styles, which we just talked, you know, we, we've done a podcast about that too, but sometimes just the way we naturally go about our day or our life or our work is different. And that also has a tendency to rub people the wrong way, uh, wrong way too. Like what are some of those other things that you can think of maybe that caused that conflict that then causes that person to not, you know, to use those words, like, I just don't like working with that person. Can you think of anything? Oh, man, I think there's a lot of different things. I think, you know, the overarching thing is probably communication, but yeah. we'll get to that. I think there's lots of little moments that cause people to not like each other. And then once a little moment happens, they kind of, you kind of look for those moments again. And it could be anything from an offhand comment, or someone stepped on your, like, belief system in something, or you felt like they were lying to you in a situation. I mean, there's just like so many little things that can happen early and often that can just sort of ruin a relationship. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's also, but it goes back to communication again, like you said, Diana, but it's, I think it's the like, if they maybe stepped on your toes and with like a work thing, you know, like it's like, oh, I feel like they overstepped their bounds here. Or this was my, this was my thing or, or they didn't do something that I thought they were supposed to, or whatever it might be. Like I, there's, there's lots of things. And I think 
we will talk about that, but I think some of that is communication. Some of that is process issues too. And yeah. What, let's talk, let's take it to the next step. Cause I think this is good stuff, but take it to the next step. Like, so if I'm an employee that feels like I can't work with a coworker, why is it important that I try to get over that? Like, what does the life cycle of something like that look like? So if I'm the employee and I come to my boss and we have real life examples of this, uh, right? I'm the employee, I go to my boss and it's just like, I can't work with so-and-so. Like it just, it's frustrating me working with so-and-so. Why is it important that that gets addressed from the employee's perspective? And why is it important that the employee does a good job of trying to at least take that next step to get over it? What's likely to happen? So I worry about, what outcome happens when you go to your boss and you're like, I just, I struggle working with this person. Does your boss look at it and say, okay, cool. Like your boss has to come up with some solution or decide. Hey, let me immediately ever- remove that person for you. Let me get rid yeah. of that person. Is that better? Is that yeah. better? <laughs> like, where, what are you going to do? How, you work in the same department or in the same facility or what? Like, what are you going to, you want me to remove them? You want me to not schedule you together. You want me to cause a lot of strife and, and anxiety for myself and for the team because you don't like somebody like that. That yeah, gets really hard. sticky. It's hard for the boss to be able to, first of all, fix this problem that they may or may not have even known was a thing, mm-hmm. right? And now it's a thing. In fact, the person that comes to the boss and says, I just can't stand working with that coworker. I don't like working with that coworker or whatever that is. The other coworker is probably oblivious to that also, maybe equally as oblivious as oblivious as the boss is, right? But if we're following that path, and then the boss is like, what the heck am I supposed to do with that? How am I supposed to handle that? And then let's say, for instance, nothing gets handled. That coworker just goes back to work. I've seen this too, where now that coworker's work starts to deteriorate, or they start to potentially sabotage the other coworker, or like what could have been solved from a, a potential conversation is now really de-es uh, well no it, it's escalating i guess to a worse situation to where now they're becoming toxic or the relationship is becoming more toxic and and ultimately now the spotlight is on the coworker that raised the flag in the first place right have you seen that as an example too to where they are now going to be the ones who are in in trouble for that you know that now now the spotlight is solely on them now it's a you problem yeah I've seen it to where, I mean, people bring us this problem all the time. Like, oh, I just don't like working with Matt. Um, <laughs> people funny. bring us that problem all the time. And it's funny because all I ask follow-up questions like, well, why not? What, what specifically? Can you give me examples? And there is a lot of time where people are like, I don't know. I just don't like them. Yeah. And you're like, well, I can't fix. I just don't like them. Can you give me an example? And so when you start talking through some of the examples of why you don't like that person, then I think it's a lot easier to walk through how to have some solutions around that, but you need to have concrete reasons as to why you don't like that person. Speaking of not liking people, Don Tarkey has joined us on the (laughs) podcast. Wow. I I jumped in late and all I heard was you guys talking about not liking people. And I feel like... (laughs) I feel like I walked into the room and maybe something was going on here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we need to switch topics immediately, guys. <laughs> Talk about uh, awesome Bethany, bosses. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Bethany. I cut you off. What were you going to say? That's okay. I was thinking with what Diana just said, I think sometimes we, when those conversations come up, it's even the examples are more really more of a perception of, well, it feels like they think this, or it seems like they're 
they're doing this or it's just like the idea or the conversation and can often be centered on like a perception of what somebody somebody else thinks or feels without really knowing their intention and so that's where it's really good to be able to say like hmm that's interesting that you think that or it's coming across that way have you talked to them about it or have you brought this up to them or you know made them aware of that in some way and um, yeah, usually the answer no. <laughs> yeah, no, you're, you're totally right. And I think you're going towards that idea of the narrative paradigm there. And something else that mm-hmm. Diana talks a lot about, you know, is assigning intent. Like I make up a story of why it is that you're doing what it is that you're doing. And then I'm, I'm also assigning the intent of why you're doing that in the first place. Right. right. And so, you know, we talked about Don, just to bring you up to speed, the topic is what happens whenever a coworker or an employee just has a hard time or doesn't like to work with another coworker. Like how, as a manager, do I handle that? We haven't really transitioned to the manager part there, but we're really talking about why now is it important as an employee? If I recognize that, why is it important that I get over that? And we talked about two, and one of the things that I wrote down, it's funny that it doesn't maybe make any sense, but uh, if an employee brings it up and the manager's like, what am I supposed to do with that? Nothing happens immediately. The employee doesn't take any accountability to try to adapt something to be able to work better. Then all of a sudden their work suffers, their attitude suffers. If my work and my attitude suffers, do you think that's going to dictate your manager treating you maybe a little differently now because your work and your attitude suffers? Now it becomes a them problem, right? And then them gets fired. (laughs) So it it has the tendency, if you take no accountability into it or try to get over it a little bit, at least take a step, has a tendency to have the reverse effect of what that employee was trying to do in the first place because it, it can consume us too. So we started to talk about, you know, why it's important to be able to take those steps as an employee. Really, I would say one of the main reasons it's important for you is your longevity in that job. Uh, I think that's one of the reasons, and that's hard for people to see because they're stuck, like in Bethany's talking about, no, 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 it's not me. I didn't come complaining about me. I came complaining about them. They're the ones that you're supposed to be taking care of, or they're the ones that is making it difficult for me. And it's hard to get out of that. Don, any tips on maybe trying to help somebody if we wanted to maybe transition from the manager's perspective, and I see that, what are some tips that we have to be able to help somebody identify that or try to walk out of that? Uh, first of all, I just love Bethany's point on that is that I think we see people get stuck in their own mindset of like, no, I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about them. That's not, you're, you didn't hear what I'm saying. I'm complaining about Carl and I work with Carl and I hate Carl and Carl's the yeah, problem. Yeah, I've, used Carl. Diana's been using Matt the whole time. I've been using using Matt the whole time. Yeah, (laughs) nobody nobody wants to work with Matt. And a lot of times, then they'll lean on the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) We're not talking about you, Matt. It's a different Matt. Right, Matt Matt Briswold. uh, (laughs) Totally different name. Matt Briswold. But but you're right, and I've heard even people lean in and say, "But you don't understand. What if I bring in more people who don't like working with this person, just so you understand what the problem is?" Right? It's it's understand that. I'd say for one thing is as an employee, if you are talking about a coworker that you work with who is doing some things that are wrong, and you go to talk to your boss about it, I think it's really important to know what your boss will and will not tell you. Your boss probably will not tell you, yes, I've had three conversations with Carl about their attitude and how they work with other people, and they are on an performance improvement plan, and that we're going to be, you know, they're they're probably not going to tell you those things. So as an employee, and we see this quite a bit, the employee feels like my boss is doing nothing. And it's not that the boss is doing nothing. The boss is having conversations. The boss is working behind the scenes. It's just frustrating for you as an employee sometimes when you don't see action being taken. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the examples too, that, that we have heard employee goes to manager manager's like, okay, well, let's get everybody together to talk about it. Employee says, no, 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 no. I don't want to do that. I just want you to fix it. This is also where it's difficult. First of all, I don't know what fix it means. I love your thought, Don, about, uh, you know, the manager's probably, manager's probably not going to go, you know what? You're right. Carl does suck. And he sucked for a long time. And I'm just not sure how to be able to handle that. Like, we're not going to, they're not going to go there. That's probably not part of the conversation. You know, part of the motivation for the manager is how do I develop this unity or help build a bridge in some aspects? Diana. I was going to say, I think a lot of it goes back to that example of Dr. Laura, where the caller on the radio show called in and said, hey, Dr. Laura, my husband cheated on me and I'm really mad at him and I'm upset and I can't handle this anymore. And Dr. Laura said like, well, what did you do to cause him to cheat? And of course the call-in woman got really upset and was like, he's the cheater. Yes, but I'm not talking to him, I'm talking to you. So I think in those situations, you have to remember that like, I'm the boss is talking to you and you're bringing the problem. And so like, you have to also take some accountability and some action, but you can't change another human being and no one can, right? So you have to decide what you're going to do in those moments. And I think they're some of the only moments we have as humans to really try to develop ourselves and our own emotional intelligence, because it's, really difficult to do on your own and difficult to notice on your own. And so I think those moments where you're struggling with another person and going to a boss and saying like, I'm struggling is the only one of the few moments you can really work on yourself because the other person isn't in the room. Yeah, that's a truth bomb because it's a, it, what you're saying, as Bethany said before, is you're focusing on the other person. Yep. But the reality and trust as people who work through a lot of these situations with companies, Trust me, it's a little bit you too. It's a little bit your problem too. Yeah, yeah. you know, th this is, uh, this reminds me too that, you know, of what you just said there, sometimes they don't know to have that conversation. We can encourage them to have that conversation, but sometimes if I'm so far gone and stuck in it, like, no, 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 this person's bad. It's hard for me to get to that place to be able to have that conversation. And so I know sometimes if we're talking about perspectives of managers, I understand we want employees to be able to talk about those things too, but I also think there comes a time and a place where a manager is going to go, I'm not going to sit down and tell you who's right or who's wrong, but I will help you have this conversation. Mm -hmm. like, let me help us kind of get unstuck just a little bit. I think there's value in both of you. Uh, you know, let's try to find common ground. And sometimes as a manager, again, we talked about that old school mentality. As a manager, as much as I want to say, you know, for crying out loud, we're all adults here. Just get back up on the line. If you're not willing to tell them yourself that you're upset about it, then just deal with it. That's a your problem. Um, I can't do that. I have to be able to also try to build a bridge to help them get unstuck. Bethany, we're going to add something. Yeah, I think that, you know, one part as the manager, it is kind of helping coach your employee through that and what those conversations look like. But I think it's also if your employee does come to you and say, well, I get really frustrated with this thing and this thing and this thing, and we get we get stuck in these places and we can't work through it. Great. That's a great starting point because then it's then it helps kind of identify another problem there that it's maybe it maybe it isn't just a personality issue or maybe it isn't just a judgment or whatever. Maybe there is something that we need to work on and helping them identify 
identify and say, okay, do, maybe we need to create a better process for this where the where you two interact so that it's a little bit smoother. Or do you guys are you do you have a regular place to communicate about this thing? Great, let's put that let's put that into place. Maybe you guys need to set up a you know a weekly meeting or a monthly meeting or whatever it is. And and I think those are some other options there to 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 help your employees through that. Or you could just get like a get along shirt, you know, those things where you just like put yeah. both of them in Love there. Love putting my kids in those. It's That'll great. That'll work too. So. No, I, and I think I think just to add to that as well, it reminds me of an organization. I won't I won't say what type of organization. I don't want to pinpoint it that much, but there was an organization that we worked with that people kept coming to us from the organization, going so and so you need to do something with her. So-and-so keeps sticking her nose in a conversation she doesn't need to be in. So-and-so keeps asking questions of us like she doesn't trust us that we're doing our job, you know? And so it came about to where, okay, let me just find out what's going on. Let's have a conversation with so-and-so. And so-and-so was working on a strategic plan and objectives that was approved by her bosses that said that she's going to be accountable for these things. In order to be accountable for those things or in order to accomplish those things, she needed information from other groups and other departments. What was not said ever was that, hey, listen, so-and-so is working on these things. I know it involves you. I know it involves you. I know it involves you. And so if that's not said, I understand why you think that they're just coming around trying to pry into what your business is, but she's also trying to accomplish things that were approved by the bosses that said that this would be good for her to accomplish. So, you know, that it goes back, you know, we keep going back to this. And if you've listened to our podcast for a while, you're like, oh, they're doing another, they're doing another podcast on communication. Look at that. Hopefully you see that communication without that transparency and communication leads to multiple, multiple other problems. Whatever organization you're in, uh, wherever you are in the country, I guarantee you, if you came to us and said, well, here's our obstacle, this is our problem. I, I guarantee you, we can drill that down and tie it back to this overarching word of communication, right? This is why it's never perfect. It's never 100%. Don, what were you going to say? Yeah, I think that it's important to remember when you're in conflict with somebody that the feelings that you feel are valid. And it's I, I get that you get frustrated with that. And a lot of times the reactions can even be justified. Maybe the other person, you know, in Matt's example, the other person's actions were also justified, but you didn't understand them. But, and some of you are probably listening to that going, say, yeah, but this isn't that situation. This person shouldn't be doing what they're doing. And you're still in that mindset. I wanna, I wanna take a step back. There was a movie a few years ago. It was a Tom Hanks movie called Bridge of Spies. It was a Steven Spielberg movie. It's a good movie. I really like it. And there's a, the, the, uh, the person who is the spy, the Russian spy in that has a saying, and he says it frequently. And he says it first when he got caught and they're like, aren't you nervous? And he goes, would it help? And I said, you know, are you upset about this? And he would say, would it help? Like, would it help if I was upset? I think it's a good mindset if you're in conflict with somebody. Somebody else says something to you. You know, let's say you're just, let's just do a raw work conflict. Somebody says something to you, a jerky thing to you. You could say like, I want to retort and I want to yell at you and I want to get upset or I want to go talk to other coworkers and vent to them. But you should ask yourself that question. Would it help? Would it help? Does it help to rally everyone else and talk to everyone except for that coworker about what you're struggling with? Or even if you've approached that coworker, is it helpful to go vent to other coworkers? Does it help? And the answer is probably not. You know, yeah. so if the other person, sometimes the answer to if you have a conflict with the way somebody else acts or the way that they are, sometimes you just have to recognize that the other person may not change and that you just have to suck it up and get over it. Yeah. Like that, that can be the change. So what, so what if I can't? Like that, I think that's a good next talk about it. If I'm the employee that says, I've been down this road several times and I just, 
I can't. Am I better served to suck it up, just put my head down and keep going to work? Or am I better served to look for another opportunity? And Diana, I didn't mean to derail you. I know that you took yourself off me. I didn't know if you're going to add something or if I yeah. totally, totally threw you off there. Yeah, I love Don's like how he was saying, just suck it up. But I also think if we go back a little bit to the, it's partly you, I tell people in these moments, like if you don't like how someone is reacting to you, then you have to change how you act to them, right? You you can only change you. So change how you react or interact and see if it changes them. And if you've done as much as you can possibly think, then maybe we go to the like, time to suck it up, you know? <laughs> I like yeah. that, Bethany. I just wanted to also make a disclaimer here because sometimes we can get stuck in this and I don't, I wanna make sure that we don't, send the wrong message there are certain situations where i think if people are being if you're being harassed by a co-worker in any ways or there's any kind of like abuse going on in that sense that's totally different and not what we're talking about and should absolutely be brought to your supervisor your manager so i just don't want to i just wanted to throw that out there too great point we were thinking of like they chew their potato chips in the cubicle next to me too loudly or they in meetings are a little rude or things like that yeah there are situations that are you should not tolerate as a coworker, and you need to elevate uh, absolutely and, you know, great point as a manager as a manager also like you should be able to hear those concerns and identify is that this bucket or is that this bucket like i have to be able to sort that managers also utilize your resources just because you're the manager of that team does not mean you don't have hopefully that doesn't mean that you you report to somebody or there's an hr or something typically or maybe you have a peer group or a mentor that you can also bounce things off of as well you're you're very rarely are you on an island as well manager so feel free to bounce that off of other people to get direction or feel free or to you can us. email us i mean yeah. if you're listening to our podcast you could probably reach out to us and we'll help you walk through it yeah. this reminds me you know of another uh, manufacturing company that i that I had an opportunity to work with, you know, a few years ago, and this was their situation. Some long story short, somebody got fired and we knew the behind the scenes thing and we knew why they got fired and it was totally fireable. But again, Don's to Don's point, leadership's not going to go, listen, this is why they're no longer here. This is what happened. Here's all the conversations we had, even though, I mean, that's what everybody wants to hear, but they can't do that. They can't, they can't do that. And I had a conversation with this person, this employee who also worked there that felt like that did not know the behind the scenes that felt like that person was, they got in unjustly fired, unjustly fired. And, and for a minute there, I said, well, well, don't you think that they maybe had other conversations behind the scenes that you're not aware of? Don't you think maybe this went on for a while? Like, no. And, and I'll never forget it because you know, they did her dirty. They did her dirty. That's what they, that was what he said. And I said, well, then, if you don't trust, I, I said that if you don't trust the leadership that you're working with, then why do you still work there? Like if I was in that situation, if I just didn't trust you, I go to work for every day, I'm just going to leave. I'm going to go find something else. And sometimes like for him, that was the showstopper. Like what? Like, well, if, you, if you're saying you just don't trust them, then, then gosh, I would get out. I would get out. And for some, some people hearing that, you know, business owners are going, why are you coaching people to leave? Uh, you know, he didn't leave. He stayed. But but it was a it was a recognition for him like golly if you have made it to the depths of despair that you can no longer trust the people who are writing your check for you, I would immediately there's plenty of opportunity I would I would immediately go find something else, somewhere else to work, and it was his aha moment to go okay well there was probably other things that I didn't know about, and he was able to just go back to work done. That's a great point. I want to go back to 
to something that you know Bethany also reminded us of is there's different buckets of those two things. I will though often state that in our despair of having to work with Carl, we oftentimes exaggerate which bucket it really is in. So I'm gonna and I'm so we will hear employees say, you know, Carl's a jerk, and then I show up to meet, you know, he's he's he he doesn't do his work, and I have to do it, and it's created a hostile work environment for myself. Right. It's not a hostile work environment. That's not what that means. Like the hostile work environment has a very specific definition to it. And we've had people come to us or they'll say, I'm getting harassed by this, per this person. Harassment is very, very serious, you know, and it, but a lot of times it's overly used. I'm just, it's just another truth bomb. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. So then you as a manager have to be able to like keep asking questions, ask the next question to be able to filter through that. Yeah. yeah, just the other day, I had an example where a person came to me and said, I'm struggling working with this person. This person is rude. This person is disrespectful. And I said, well, let's go. Let's let's talk to the person. Like, let's have a conversation. And she said, I don't feel safe doing that. And so immediately I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. What do you mean you don't feel safe? Like, tell me more about that. And what it came down to was like, she felt horribly uncomfortable doing that. It wasn't there was no actual harm that was going to come. Like it was just a really uncomfortable conversation. And so I think you do have to be a little cautious of what you're thinking and how you word those things. And That's another good one. Not feeling good about it is different than not feeling safe about it. Yeah. Like, like I'm afraid that they might yell at me. I'm afraid of what my boss is going to do. Like, look, anybody taking a conflict to your boss, a lot of times you're going to feel uncomfortable, especially if it's, you don't have a, a great relationship with your boss. You know, it's, it's an uncomfortable thing to do. And I get that that feels unsafe, but it's not unsafe. Like, are you threatening is your job in jeopardy like like to, don't, but it's not unsafe it's uncomfortable but it's not unsafe that's that's great it feels though that way i want to acknowledge that's why i said like you have to acknowledge the feelings that are involved because it does feel like that i know i've been in that situation before i had a co-worker a long time ago and a, nobody here his name was matt but i'm just kidding i'm just kidding but i had i had a co-worker that frequently but every time we were in a meeting together it was a battle it was a battle. And it's amazing how consuming that gets. You just go to every meeting, just thinking if they're in that meeting, they say anything. And it's like, that's the other side of the issue I'm going to take and I'm going to take and I'm going to battle. Right. And so I, I think the, the, the mature Don looking back at a little, a little more mature Don looking back at little less mature Don would have said the, the, the bridge of spies advice of just say, you know, would it help? Does it help to after that meeting? Does it help to battle that person in the middle of the meeting? Does it help to try to embarrass them in the meeting to show them that they're wrong? Does it help to talk to other people about that person when you're offline, even if they're doing stuff that maybe they deserve it? You can't control that. You can't control that part, but you can control how you work. I go back to like, Matt, what you always say, you know, lead them well. How are you leading your team, the team that works around you? Even if you're not a manager, how are you leading your team with working with that difficult person? And if yeah. you're struggling with it and you're showing everybody else that you're struggling with it, you could be leading the team against that as well. Yeah. That's great. So, you know, as we lead towards 
summary and, and wrap up here, you know, we talk about, okay, so several different things. What if I just don't like my coworker? First of all, do I have to? Not necessarily, but I do need to be productive in my work. I do have an expectation still of a role that I'm playing for my boss, for my department, for the rest of my team, right? I still need to be productive. I don't necessarily have to hang out with these people on, on the weekend, these people, you people, I love hanging out with you. We hang out all the time. But for other people around the country right now, you know, I don't necessarily have to like them. For managers, you know, we talked about, yes, this is something that we need to, if you're aware of it, do your best to start having that conversation to help employees sometimes work through that. I can't always leave them to their own devices. So I bet this was a very real topic for a lot of you, um, you know, going to work right now, maybe dealing with this. Maybe you are the coworker that feels that way. Maybe you feel that that another coworker feels that way about you or you're a manager and it feels like you can't be productive to help set strategy or vision or goals and objectives because all of your time is spent worrying about these people over here. Um, and sometimes that's paralyzing for a manager to also have to go, to go to work with. So let's go around one more time, give some quick tips here on how you would uh, maybe potentially help people overcome this uh, or some things to remember as you are trying to help your team or your employees or your coworkers work through these. Who'd like to start? I can start. I think mine is really to like relieve some pressure from yourself. You don't have to like everybody you work with. That's not the expectation. It's okay. And just be the best version of yourself when interacting with those people. And don't, don't lower yourself to be angry and upset about it. Just raise yourself to be okay with it. And just know that like, you don't have to be friends with this person and that's okay. I just have to have a really good working relationship. Good, thanks, Bethany. This will feel a little bit counterintuitive, but I think in some ways, if you are struggling with somebody at work, try to connect more <laughs> versus like retreating from them. Because I think, and we talk with people, again, we talk with people about this kind of thing all the time of like, they just don't like them or they just don't seem very pleasant or whatever. And that's okay, but just try to try to connect more because you probably don't know what's going on in their life. You probably don't know that much about them. And, and so, yeah, try to, try to do that. It'll be uncomfortable and you probably don't want to, but you should. <laughs> Thanks, Bethany. Don? Yeah, I think those are both great, by the way. Those are great. I think that you need to, my, my takeaway or my advice would be to take a step back and think about how this is influencing the team and the company and the direction. Um, it's really easy to get very selfish when you selfish when you get frustrated by an interaction with a coworker, but take a step, try to remember the bigger picture at the same time. Think about what are you trying to accomplish overall. The more you focus on that kind of a thing, the more positive leader you can be. You can be, and maybe are even justified for being a negative leader in those situations. But the question I would ask yourself is, would it help? Thanks, Don. Mine kind of mirrors. A little bit of Don. And before I say mine, it's funny. I, I feel like I have to say this because there's probably people with pen and paper. I can imagine listeners with pen and paper going, yeah, give me a good solid takeaway. And they hear Diana's and they hear Bethany's, which are both brilliant. I think they're both great, but they're like, mm, nope, not going to do that. Like, I'm not going to bridge that gap. I'm not going to, you know, Don, no, yours was a little different line. I, I, I had an idea line. too, Matt. I just, <laughs> I threw one out too. You're, I'm going to come to, I'll be to you in a second, but when then, whenever Bethany's like, draw closer to the people that you're having a disagreement with, like, mm, that sounds awful. Nope, not going to do that, you know, <laughs> or take that, just get over it, take the high road. That's, oh, that sounds horrible. But those are both great. Those are both great responses, which kind of lead me to where Don was, Don was talking about, take a step back and see why you're doing those things in the first place. 
Like, I think those are very action item things that Diana and Bethany list. Like, here's the things that I would encourage you to do. Here's specific things that you can do. Don has more of this overarching vision of this is why you're doing those things, though. And I would piggyback on Don's thought here and say, you know, as I'm taking a look back, one of the first questions that I would love to see people ask, and this is another one, not hard, not, not an easy thing. It's a hard ask. But is there something that I am doing that is making them behave this way towards me? Or like, what is my accountability in this whole thing? Like, is there something in my behavior or words that I'm saying or things I'm doing or not doing that is, that is making the situation the way it is? Like the, their reaction is a reaction to something that I'm doing. And I think we glaze over that part of it too. And we assign it to the other person like, ah, oh, they need to change. A lot of times it starts, it starts with us. Maybe there's a simple behavior or words or something, you know, how we're communicating uh, something that is, that is triggering that behavior there too. So I hope that you all took away something from this. Uh, again, one of those maybe uncomfortable topics to get into, but I think it's totally relevant. Diana, thanks for the idea there with that. I think it's totally relevant uh, for people because it's not industry specific. It's not specific on where you live. Uh, right? This is humans. Uh, these are people working with people remotely or in person. Uh, I think it's it's cross-functional there. So if you have other ideas or maybe this sparked a question for you that you might have saying, okay, so I bet you've never seen this one before. Try us. I bet we have. Uh, try us. We'd love to be able to talk to you about that too. Diana, how do they get a hold of us? Email me directly at morethanwork at peopleccg.com. And Honestly, guys, listeners, I've only gotten like two emails from you ever. So like, please email us. We really genuinely want to hear from you. Yeah. What's your problem? Talk and hang out or, you know. Yeah. We're real people uh, just helping real people. That's what we do. So anyway, this is uh, Don. I mentioned this. I don't know if you have any words to say about this, but this is our last podcast with just the four of us here as we are getting ready to add somebody uh, somebody new good you know i i just said her name was mary i didn't want to run the surprise but mary's going to be joining us we'll be a party of five next time people hear us would you want to add anything to them uh we're just super excited that mary is going to get to join us i think you're going to get a lot from her i know our team will and we're very, very excited to have her she just she drove by our office today's her last day i think for her existing job i would and she drove by her office this morning and she honked her horn multiple times <laughs> just to say like i'm coming i'm coming guys this is great so we're really excited to have have her on the podcast and have her on our team that's awesome. All right. So I know you all are looking forward to that. And thanks so much for joining us and tuning in. Share the podcast with your friends um, as well, if you think it might be beneficial for them. Uh, and let us know if you have other ideas for topics of conversation. Thank you all so much. Talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the More Than Work podcast. Join us next time. And in the meantime, lead well.